Good day and welcome back to the podcast. It's Friday, 12 July 1946. And in Sydney news, the final steamship carrying Australian brides of US servicemen set sail for the US, two hours late because of a wharf strike. There's news that the European starvation has been avoided because of quick action by UNRWA and the supporting nations. The population of the United States reached 140 million and the Sydney late city edition city forecast is for cloudy, fine and mild, light to moderate north to northwesterly winds on a slight sea. This episode will be a little different to the others in the sense that we are publishing two letters and neither of them were written today. In fact, the first was written by Bet back on 20th of June, and the second is a response to that letter written on the 1st of August. So it made sense, if we're publishing them together, to present them to you halfway in between. On the 20th of June, Bet had been on the job in Changxi for two months. You'll recall the entire project deals with desperate need and extreme urgency. As such, there's no precedent to the program, and everyone is making it up as they go. So on the 20th of June, Beck decides to write to her functional supervisor in Shanghai, Colonel Rose, to ask if she's doing a good job. We publish that letter, and we also publish his response. Changxi Regional Office Nanchang, 20th of June 1946. Colonel W.B. Rose, Economic Analysis Division, UNRWA, Shanghai. Dear Colonel Rose, There are various matters on which I would like your personal comments regarding my work and activities here. Firstly, I would much appreciate your criticism of reports which I have already submitted to your office. As I indicated to you just before leaving Shanghai, I have not really received any proper briefing on my subject. From the precedents which you gave me for guidelines and from reading other reports of other provinces, I have compiled the Chiangxi reports to the best of my understanding of requirements. Nevertheless, I would like to know whether the reports to date have covered the fields desired and I shall be glad to incorporate any other matters where possible if you will inform me of any deficiencies. I have received your letter requiring specific reports on various subjects and the information is being collected. The reply should be ready for sending to you within the next week. Since we only have one secretary for our staff here, at the moment numbering 24 persons, I fear that there will be some delays in getting reports into your office in proper time. I now have to type reports myself, and I am considerably slower at the job than a trained typist. However, I shall do my utmost to keep reports up to date. There still seems to be some confusion regarding photographs, and the reply which I received from the public information section to the letter I directed to you on the 13th April last was not at all elucidating. Do you want us to send in either negatives or prints from this region? If so, is UNRWA prepared to pay for them? 
The regional office cannot reimburse me for such expenses unless I can obtain some kind of authorization from you. Already, at your suggestion, I have purchased films at a cost to myself of 47,500 Chinese dollars, with the objective of sending photographs to your office and on the understanding that UNRWA would reimburse me and would be entitled to use the photographs in whatever manner they please. Please let me have some written confirmation of our discussion, which may enable me to recover my expenses, or your advice that the photographs are no longer desired and that I must retain the films for my own use. Incidentally, I should perhaps point out that some of the films sent to you on the 13th April was in fact issued by UNRWA to members of the regional staff here, and the developing would therefore seem to be the right of the Public Information Division. The film was returned to this office and is being held for further instructions. Some comment from you would be most welcome, as we do not know whether any photographs are desired by Shanghai office at all. It seems now that they are not desired, but my assumption may be incorrect. I'm very pleased to welcome our regional economic analyst, who arrived at Nanchang yesterday. He will be able to obtain and analyse the statistics that are constantly being requested and which I have to date only managed to deal with in a very sketchy manner. From now on, the reports should accordingly improve. My assignment to this region has proved to be a very happy one and I am not yet thinking in terms of applying for a transfer. It is a pleasant location in spite of the threat of a most trying summer ahead and the staff here is most congenial. Before concluding, I must say that I was surprised to notice in the Unra Sinra News number 50 a report of conditions in this province which was not at all in line with the reports I have sent in to you. I intend to write officially within the next two days, pointing out the specific statements with which I do not agree and which have not been taken from the reports issuing from this office. It would appear that there is little coordination in China office regarding the masses of reports which are sent in to the various divisions. When I send in reports to your office, I assume that all information on the province is accumulated there and so becomes available to any interested division. It would be much more satisfactory also from my point of view if requests for reports came to me only from your office, because I seem to be sending in a great deal of duplicated information to the different divisions. If all reports went into you and were requested only by you, I would feel a lot happier about the position. Last week, I was in Amway and Jiangsu Regional Offices, and the Interregional Coordination Conference with the result that there will be a gap in the weekly reports. The last two weeks will be combined with the current week in my next report. I await your criticism of my work to date. With kind regards, yours sincerely. Mrs Betty Souter United Nations Relief and Rehabilitation Administration China Office Embankment Building, North Suchow Road, Shanghai, 1 August 1946. Dear Mrs. Souter, thanks for your 20 June letter. There were numerous questions raised that concerned our other sections, so I passed it around for comment, 
but a few days ago it came back to me without comment. Now that I am in another section, you must consider my answers only as opinions. First, I found your reports quite satisfactory. They showed that you had tackled the job with enthusiasm and an open mind. Naturally, we would have uh, expected much refinement later, and a narrowing of subject material as well as a reduction in volume. But we wanted background material so that the more specific could be placed in the proper perspective later. It is my guess that no one in the China mission has received a proper briefing for his job, one that would lead him to proper resources, correct conclusions, and perfect execution. Our whole task here is a pioneer adventure, and the fellow who looks for the usual is likely to be surprised many times. I think you understand your mission quite well. I believe the people in the offices realize that delays are inevitable in getting specific answers to such broad questions asked for in my letter to you. McAllister, public information officer, says you are entitled to reimbursement for your film expenses and to submit a voucher through your office. He added that he could possibly furnish you some supplies if you drop him a requisition. Pictures for publicity are still desired. The 13 April film you mention is a mystery to me. Presumably, much of the correspondence destined for my office was rerouted in registry to the using sections, and now there is no explanation. It is good to know that you think Mr. Fazal will be of assistance to you and the regional offices. He is actually one of the three trained economists in the entire China mission. Lastly, a bit of news from the headquarters. Mr. Carwell is now the boss of the section. I am on a temporary assignment in the Bureau of Field Services with nothing definite in sight. The new director, Edgerton, is expected soon. Kaiser and Wahlberg sailed for home. Saw one of your countrywomen, Leslie Excel, as she passed through on her way to Down Under and home leave. Weather not too oppressive here. Later I will get a more formal letter to you thanking you for your fine spirit and cooperation. Sincerely, Rose. And the production credits for this episode, produced and narrated by Warren Henry, the voice of Betty Souter by Helen Polkinghorne, and the voice of Colonel W.B. Rose by Merlin Baker. And the featured tune in this episode, The New Spanish Two-Step, performed by Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys. This one was a number one tune in 1946 and the second most popular country song for the year. It was at number one in the charts for 16 weeks and in the top 10 for 23. Sing an old melody 
Without a worry or a care A rose she gave me from her hair Then she whispered See, senor, see, see In a cabaret we danced the hours away Her eyes told more than words there could say I told her I had to go Left her down in Mexico The band played Spanish two-step Soft and low Spanish two-step soft and low. 